Everyone has a friend that supposedly got such a great deal on their home purchase. In this episode, we expose these exaggerated claims. Whether you're buying your dream property or selling a million dollar home, why not get the highest price and the best advice? This is Luxury Real Estate Talk, the art and business of buying and selling high-end homes with stories and insider knowledge from top luxury agents nationwide and around the globe. Here's our host, Rob Jensen. This is episode 14 with Terry Cohen of Saunders & Associates, Hamptons Real Estate. Today we talk about best practices when collaborating with your agent, massive price reductions, and print advertising. Terry is constantly ranked in the top 1% of agents nationwide by the Wall Street Journal and deals with properties up to $50 million. Hi, Terry. Hey, Rob. So there's a lot of information out there right now. What are buyers and sellers supposed to make of it all? Well, that's a really great, great question. Um, there's so much information, that are, which is great, um, coming from all sorts of digital sources and all sorts of print media, that I think more than ever, it's important for people to uh, find a, a broker or someone that they trust to help disseminate all the information to make a good decision. Um, what seems to be happening is with all this knowledge coming out to, to the individual buyers, it seems like they are not understanding. They understand what's sold. For example, there was a gentleman I met a long time ago who told me he knew everything about the Hamptons and knew every price point and everything that sold at that price point. And he was right. He knew to the penny what something sold for. And he said, so I think I'm the best broker. He's not a broker. He's just a friend. And I said, really? I said, well, why did this one sell? And I said, then why did this one sell? He goes, I have no idea. I go, well, this one was right next door to this one, and this one sold for $3 million more. And he said, I have no idea. And I said, maybe together we're the best broker <laughs> in the Hamptons. <laughs> Yeah. You know, so I think it's that, that kind of conversation that needs to be had. I mean, listen, it's great. I love the idea that when I have a, a, a customer who, or a client um, who is immersing themselves in the digital world, it helps us, you know, together work together. Like, they'll find something on the web, and they'll t ask me about that, which is great. So we're working together as a team. I think that's the best way to do it, you know. Um, without that, I mean, you're just going to go from one listing broker to another listing broker who's pitching that one product. And it doesn't really give you a, a global sense of what's really happening. Um, what happened last year, what's happening now, what's going into the ground, what traded, and why did this trade at that price? I mean, you know, there's only so much information they can, they can have. We did this 24-7. They have full-time jobs and careers or they're at home with, you know, with children and, you know, working really hard. So it's our job to help them disseminate to find the right product for them. Yeah, so to kind of rewind where this started, you know, there's a lot of armchair experts out there that is more common these days because of all that data online, and it's it is a super awesome tool. It makes you know it really easy to market properties nationally, globally to get video online. So there's so many great things from it. However, I feel like you know there's a lot of like you're saying a lot of consumers you know occasionally reaching out, going direct to the listing agent at times, thinking that's the best way to try and maybe negotiate a deal, but at the end of the day. You were saying they don't necessarily really know that market or really don't have someone in their corner to um, help navigate. I mean, uh, yeah, exactly. And 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 in in rare cases where there's like one oceanfront that that's out there for sixty million dollars, you know, saving a point or getting the deal, I, I understand that. I mean, I do. And 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 often that 
they're familiar with the products out there. And, and, and that's something that I, I understand, but they go directly to a listing broker. Say, for example, if there's like an oceanfront property that's eight acres on, on further lane and it's one of a kind, that's a situation where I can understand if somebody's fluent in the market where they go directly to the listing broker. Um, but in most cases, in most cases, um, if somebody's looking for a 10, a 5, a $20 million house, it's really good to have somebody you trust. Um, and again, it has to be someone that you feel comfortable with who's going to be candid with you, who understands the marketplace and gives you the best information to make the best choice. Um, and I think that's really key to what's going on because there's so much information out there and they, you know, they really don't know the history of what happened. They don't know what's going into the ground. They don't know why they're sold for a certain price. And if, if you have the right broker with you, you'll end up probably getting the right house at the right price at the right time for yourself. Yeah, and I think when you say the right price, I think it's easy for people to get hung up on what they think is the right price based on their own research and then kind of just they get stuck, you know, where they they might not end up actually being able to buy something because they're stuck on the wrong number because they're they're not taking into account a professional expertise. Well, I think also there's some um, this happened in the last downturn that we had. I I got the calls for the fifty percent off um you know, I call them the 50% off buyers. And they, they were calling you and saying, I want to buy something for 50% off. So I think I was one of the first deals out here <laughs> when, when we started to come around. And I showed this, these people who um, looked at a house, it was 70 off, and that was 50 off, and that was 40 off. But the best buy out there for them was something that was like 25% off. You know, and I hate to use that word off. Um, and that was the best value. That's the house they bought. And that was the right move for them in, at the time and still the right move for them. So we're in a market right now where there's some real deep discounts, real deep discounts. And so you'll see something at 24 going down to 18. You'll see something at um, 20 going down to 15. You'll see something at starting at, you know, 12 going down to 7-1. And so the buyer out there without knowledge, without good knowledge, I should say, is assuming that a house that is listed at $11 million should be sold for eight based on those facts. But that's not accurate because those were mispriced. And so they actually traded at the price they should have traded at. And if a house is well-priced at $11 million and you buy it around 10, that's probably, a, in certain cases, that's a better deal than something that was listed at 15 that was in you know, the same house could have been listed at 15 and sold for 10. But, you know, we have to make sure that we give good intel to our buyers so they understand, you know, why that house should sell at $10 million, you know. And I think that's instead of like, oh, I got it for 40 off or 30 off or my friend bought something that was, you know, you know, off. And that, that's really a difficult challenge for me because um, I'm getting that a lot. To, right. So, so, you know, so, so then let me just jump in if I can for a second. So there's like this per proverbial you know, buyer that always has this friend they talk about that got this great deal. And to me, I, it's kind of a bummer because usually that friend has never told the whole story, you know, and whether they, whether they even really, their story exists or it was one of these things like you talked about, like, oh, they got this huge discount, but guess what? The home was ridiculously overpriced in the first place and they priced it back into line with the market and now they were able to sell it, you know, and the buyer got it at a fair price. But what he says, 
you know, are construed as this great deal. And now, you know, you're working with their friend, helping them find a home, and they have this unrealistic expectation of what this good deal is they're going to get. Right. So it's our job as brokers is to make sure that the the buyer understands and and they have trust in what we say. Um, you know, you can build a home for two hundred dollars a square foot. You can build a home for a thousand dollars a square foot. Um, you know, so if the, <laughs> they they have to understand the difference, um, and they have to understand if they understand that. And sometimes a house that's at full price. I had an, I had a house that I listed, and you know, went in the first two weeks because I priced it right. In a market where things were very slow, um, and I think that's really important. And but the market knew it. You know, they did know it. Um, but you know, I do have run into the problem where I have to make sure that that they're as educated as I am in terms of value. Value isn't necessarily a percentage off. It's 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 what you're getting for the number. Absolutely, good, very good point. What do you say to sellers? You know, sometimes I hear sellers say, well, if we drop our price, isn't that going to look bad? It's going to it's going to make us look desperate. What do you say to that? Yeah, that's a great it's a great question. And it's a constant um, battle, I think, with everyone. And I don't mean that in a, in a negative way. Um, uh, I, I think there are some buyers who feel that way. Um, I'm sorry, some clients who feel that way. If I, I if I lower my price, some of my clients that I, I don't want this a slash that sort of is lowered and I don't want to blast it out there. That'll show desperation. Like quietly lower the price is what I've been told. And there are other things where I see all the time, these giant slashes originally still on the market three years. It starts at you know, a certain number. It goes down from, let's say 22 to 15. And, and then you said, you know, reduce $7 million. Um, you know, but that was really over a period of three years and multiple times. But it's really up to the seller how he wants us to approach it. There's often times when you'll see a lot of blurbs out there and emails, make offers, owner anxious, this and that. It really, we work for the sellers. If that's how he wants us to proceed, that's fine. Um, and if that's how he wants us to market, that's fine. Um, and I'm in situations right now where, you know, there's houses that are, I'm debating whether I reduce them because there is this this sense of a need to get X amount off. Um, so it's a dilemma for, for us on what to do, because if I know what his bottom line is and I know people want to negotiate, you know, if I lower the price to a slightly fairer number, um, well, they still want to feel that they have to get it, you know, more off, you know, so it makes it a little bit of a dilemma there. Yeah. I mean, my go-to is just generally, I, I always just like to say it's, I'd rather my client be in the driver's seat where we're getting offers that they can either counter at full price or, or negotiate with. You know, I feel like regardless of the price, there's always the buyers out there that have watched too much real estate TV and they're going to offer some silly price out of the gate anyways. And then it's our and job. In general, yeah. yeah, but in general, those buyers have been looking for a house for, for years and they missed opportunities for years. <laughs> and, when, you know, when Ocean Fund was $3 million, you know, 16, uh, you know, I'm not sure that's a smart move. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. So, but yeah, I just feel, you know, you kind of the main point you were saying as well, it's just being priced right and having the value there. I mean, that's the most important right. thing and the market kind of can help. The agent will dictate that to some degree as to where you start and then the market will kind of help tell you if you're right or not. And, but in the market, listen, the market's going to tell us what something's worth. I mean, we're, 
we do the best we can uh, in pricing things. And, you know, none of us are perfect. And uh, eventually, you know, the market will dictate what it's worth. And therefore, the communication has to be very good between, you know, buyer and, and agent, seller and agent. So everybody is, you know, getting on the same page. You know, when the crash was happening and, you know, back when, um, I remember in the beginning when I started, I I rarely saw somebody twice, rarely. They bought generally that day because the market was such in an in a upward trend that if they waited another six months, it was going to go higher. And then it, about six months before the crash, a, a guy said, I'll see you next week. And I hadn't heard that. I really had not heard that, you know. And I said, uh-oh. Uh, he said, put my thinking cap on. I said, this, this, and I, and I kind of logged that. And six months later, it crashed. Um, and, but then the interesting thing, though, when it did crash, is most people just kind of sat there, stood still, nothing really happened. And then the people, the developers who were out here, continued to develop. And then when they were done with the homes, the market bounced back and they did very well. So it says something to invest your money here and, and to continue and don't panic and you'll, you'll do fine. Cause it's still, it's the Hamptons and it's the one place, well, there's a few, but in the, our near area is the one place that people are making pretty good margins and we have a, a very unique spot. Got it. Tell me a little bit about the company you're with and what it's like doing real estate out in the Hamptons? Well, I started with Alan Schneider um, way back when, um, which is a nice boutique firm, and I really enjoyed the experience. Uh, Corcoran bought us, and um, that was fine. But I really enjoy working with a a, more, a smaller firm, more independent, more movement. Um, they have mo- you know mobility. Um, they can change directions quicker. Um, we can fine-tune the business quicker. So when Andrew said he was starting a business, um, I was the first agent to come on. There were, uh, that was a time when the crash happened as well. So he took a big, um, you know, big risk there, but it certainly has paid off. Um, he's, um, and they're, it's Colleen and Andrew. They are a team. They're married, and they're, they work very hard. I don't know how they do it. They have, I think we have over... 300 agents now. Um, you can see our stats, how well we're doing. And, you know, it's something like I'll, I'll send them information that I think somebody's doing better. I'll sit down with our team and, and, and if they think it's better, they'll change it. Um, but they're always innovative and thinking we're opening up West Hampton. Um, and, you know, they're just good people to work for. And that's really nice. Um, they're loyal. They do the right thing. And that's a real pleasant experience for me. And, um, you know, I, I would never leave their farm. Cool. I'm on the website right now, HamptonsRealEstate.com, and I'm looking. You've got a very robust marketing team over there. Talk to me about social media. What do you see is working for you these days? Well, you know, it's interesting because you know, I guess I'm a dinosaur, or was a dinosaur, and I had to become. Um, I actually asked my children for help <laughs> on some of the social media, but they 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 were plugged in very early on, on social media uh, as a company, and um, like some brokers were independently from different firms on it, but as a company, they they were really really in forefront of it. And um, Steve Glick runs runs our um, 
is the head of our marketing team, and Colleen is very involved in that as well. And it's, you know, we just hired, um, keep hiring more and more people. We hired a guy named Andrew Dowd, who is now doing our, um, all of our videos, and we're doing these segments which are really interesting that we're incorporating a home with a, like, I, I did one on 324 Hedges, and um, I'm representing, we had the Chanson Forest come. So we do these podcasts and we integrate a local uh, person with one of the homes. Just another way that we have our, you know, do our marketing and something interesting and brings kind of the locality, the people in the, you know, the local business community in with the homes. And it's just, it's all these kind of different ideas we're always trying, you know, like we have this thing called Happenings in the Hamptons. And, and, that, and that site is, is great. It's such a great informational site. It'll tell you what's happening in the Hamptons from, you know, restaurants, from things to do for kids, um, you know, what's the best place to golf, um, also open houses. But, you know, it's not just about real estate. It's about the whole gestalt of the Hamptons, you know, and what's happening. And it's very informative. People love it. Uh, and it's got lots of data points that people just want to know what to do and, and places to eat. And um, so it's a great, great, great. And I thought that was another good tool that they're using. And they're, they're always thinking of things. I mean, we're winning all these, these awards. And our photography is great. And one thing about our marketing team is it's in my backyard. So I'm in the Bridgehampton office, and they're in the Bridgehampton office. So if I need something, I could have a live um, listing done in 48 hours with good pictures, with photography, if need be, with a brochure. That is really top-notch. And that's kind of unheard of. That's phenomenal. Yeah, it's... Um... Kind of this true, really lifestyle marketing, so to speak, where you know people say it, it almost becomes this cliche, but nobody's really done it to where it's like, where you're actually interacting with people in the community and property and giving people a real feel for what things are like versus sort of just the, the usual lingo that people have to read on luxury property descriptions. That's right. It's like the, the old ad. Yeah. Right. It's like the old, when I first saw an ad, it was a, a broker. Um, he took a full page out in the press, and he was almost the height of of the of the entire page. And the house is about I don't know, I don't know, two inches tall. And I was trying to figure out what he's promoting. Um, you know, I, to me, I'm going to have the house, I'm going to have things about the house, and a little board about me. And, and that's the kind of things that that I want I want to do. I mean, I want to be there as an agent and to help them, but it's about the product. It's not, a, it, hopefully I represent it well. That's my job. And, but I want to get out all the, the, the good things about the product and why they should buy that product at that price. Yeah. And that's got a giant picture of me. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of that ego in real estate too, with the, you know, whether they're, you know, it's good to be proud of your accomplishments, but a lot of people, hammering out there whether they're number one this or number one that and it's like well that's great and all but how about let's put the clients first and that'll speak for itself that's right and you know what it it, it, it my dad always said this he goes he never thought about the money if you do the right thing the money will come and 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 that sounds cliche but it's not and that's why i really feel that i mean i i was a single mom to two kids in school they, they're doing great and you know i've worked we all work hard. I mean, it's it's not. We make some very substantial money on certain deals, but we work very, very hard on what we do. And if you don't, um, you will not make money. Um, it is a very 
competitive business, but it can be done with grace. It can be done. Listen, these are the people in my office that I work with are my competitors, but you can do it in a way that, that isn't damaging, you know, that is, that is friendly and in a way that, you know, is, gets the job done and you, you get your deal done without doing anything that would be harmful, you know. I don't want to use the word harmful. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, it's, uh-huh. it's, it's competitive, but yet you work together. So it's a, that, that blend of, uh, yeah. I mean, listen, yeah. we have to, it's a small town. We all have to work together. And, and listen, if, if you do, you know, the reputations are out there. Everybody knows everybody here and everybody knows how they work. And, and so there's no secrets in our community. Um, there might be, the customers might not know or the clients might not know, but brokers, know who they can count on, who they can trust, and, and who, who knows they're getting the right story. Um, and that's important for me. Got it. Let's talk about something we haven't really talked about before. Well, I haven't talked about much before, is, which is print advertising. It sounds like, you know, magazines and the print ads are still something that um, you're finding useful and something you still use. Yeah, um, you would say probably the digital world is really surpassing print. Um, and I would agree in almost most cases, except here, um, where I do see, listen, it's a lot of money. It's a lot cheaper to do drone photography and, and our, you know, all the digital and Facebook and social media. It's, it's, it's a lot less money, but I live here and I eat here and I work out here and I see people every day picking up these magazines, having lunch. Oh, I saw this in an ad, um, and they enjoy that experience. I, I kind of relate it to people who still read books instead of a Kindle. And, you know, I I still think it's important. I, I Even the New York Post, I mean, I, I can't tell you if you're in the right spot, that 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 medium is very, very good. Um, for some reason, I get lots of great qualified buyers from, from doing ads in there. So you never kind of know where they come from. So you, you try all different forms of media. Sometimes it's just a sign out front that they call you on. It could be that simple. That used to be the number one thing, by the way, um, just people with a sign. So I, I think, like like Steve would always say in my office, you know, it's a little bit of everything. It's a little bit of everything. But I, I do put a lot of money into print media uh, here because I still think people like to open up the books and, and look at them. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, what it is, is exposure is the name of the game, right? So it's whether it's online, offline, you know, the higher, right. you know, the more exposure you have to the higher number of possible qualified buyers, the better the sales price and hopefully faster the sale. I just think right. something that's, you know, it, trying to put it in perspective, you know, there's there's value in a lot of different forms of marketing. A lot of times where agents in particular might be looking at is where you kind of can get the most bang for your buck or the most reach. So it sounds like some of these magazines and print ads definitely work big time in your market. Maybe not so much in Las Vegas or other markets. I think it's all different and the agents are going to know. I think it's where it's important where, especially sellers that are interviewing agents, like don't come with this preconceived notion that, hey, I want to be in this one magazine. Because for example, in Las Vegas, there's a local magazine that's big and glossy, but I quit advertising in it because it's the mailing list is a bit over only 3000. You know, they had this really blown out sort of exaggeration of what their circulation was. And a while back, I happened to be using the same printer that was doing their mailing services. And um, 
I found out what their actual distribution was. So I came up with their own newsletter, which now goes to about 12,000 people, so I can get it to the people I want. So my point is, is um, yeah, I think it's important to ask your agent, you know, have a dialogue of what you say is important. Sellers sometimes have things yeah. that's important to them. You know? Well, we, we take a listing. We take a listing. We, you know, as everyone does. You know, you pitch it, and, and you have a plan, a marketing plan, um, and and that's something that is is guided throughout the the you know until the expiration of the listing, and it's very detailed. It talks about you know how where you can be placed, what magazines you're going to be placed in, what we're doing digitally. So it's it's very comprehensive, and. Um, but it's still, I mean, at the end of the day, if I see something I like, I'll just go ahead and, and do that on my own. I mean, we pay for it anyway, you know, at the end of a, of a transaction. But there's there's plenty of things that I just pay for by myself and do by myself because I think it's, it's what I want to. You know, maybe I run a quarter-page ad in the press, just, and I've just been doing that for a long time. I think it's it's always good to keep certain things out there. I, I do lots of, of my own um, post ads. I do a lot of uh, my own social media. I do a lot of different things that um, have kind of interesting open houses with, you know, themes. So there's all sorts of ways to, to figure it out. It's constantly changing. You know, we're in the world of technology and you have to be on it. And um, it's not how many followers you have. It's how many good followers you have. Um, there's a lot of people are buying followers doing this to tell people that I have X amount of people following me. I think it's more important to have real followers and it goes organically and it grows from that. Uh, or even if it doesn't grow, it gets better and um, the quality gets better for the people. And, and I think that's one of the things that there's a misconception of that, um, that people have so many followers. But, you know, if you're buying them, it's not really fair. Right. Well, it's it's not helpful to the client. And, and something that most people don't necessarily, I'd say probably most consumers or at least home sellers don't understand about Facebook posts these days is, especially for businesses and friends, like let's just say we stick with businesses, is that Facebook limits your reach to like 3 to 5% organically, which is their angle to get businesses to pay to promote their posts, <clears throat> which means like so for our own ads – we're, you know, it's great if people follow and like our page, but we just target our posts. We pay and promote our posts to the right demographic in the right locations we want. And because then they're going to see our posts, whether they're our, quote, follow, our friend or they like our page or not. And even those that like our page, we'd still have to pay extra to advertise to them as well, which which we do. So it's almost like it's almost like your followers are irrelevant, you know, because if you know how to properly use those digital mediums, whether it's Facebook or, you know, Instagram or LinkedIn. To, Instagram to, is, is a big one, too. It's just, I mean, it's, you know, listen, whatever is good today is going to change tomorrow. And I think that's the whole key is to always be fluent in what's happening and what's going to happen. And that's why it's great to have a dynamic team and, a and, a, and, and, and you know, I, like, that's why I like Saunders, for example, because it's, it's dynamic. And, and I'm not saying we're the only ones out there who are you know, doing that, but we're really pretty good at what we are doing, and I'm glad to be a part of that. And, and, and they take my, you know, and what I like about them is they listen to things that I say, and if they think that it's good, it's incorporated. And um, so there's some sharing that's important. And um, I, I sometimes in a larger, I don't want to say anything 
I don't want to say that. <laughs> I just, I'd like to leave it at that last point. <laughs> I think. Perfect. Well, you know. Perfect. Yeah, it's mar- marketing and innovation. You know, that's what's going to help continue both your success and client success. So how can people get a hold of you? Well, they can call my cell phone, uh, which is um, 631-804-6100. Um, also, tcohen at saunders.com. Or I have my own page, which is uh, com, And that gives people all the information that they can contact me and read about me. Perfect. And we'll have all the details in the show notes. Thanks again for being on the show today, Terry. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Luxury Real Estate Talk with Rob Jensen. If you like what you heard, please share with your friends and colleagues and give us some stars. We would love to hear your feedback. Connect with Rob at robjensen.com.